And welcome back to episode two of the Belly Controversial Podcast with your hosts, Idol. And DM. And Rihanna. Oh, God. How am I going to start again? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Why are we starting again? <laughs> you guys hear the excited? Yeah, we're keeping that in. So, yeah. so before we kick off into episode two, we all just want to say a massive thank you for the reception of episode one. We did not expect all the positive feedback, all the streams. Like, it's so crazy to us. So, massive, massive, massive thank you. So, as you guys know, we sit down every Sunday and discuss the hot topics from the week just passed from popular culture. And each week, one of us will choose what we discuss. So, last week was myself, but this week, we're handing over to Rihanna. Re, what are we talking about, babe? This week, it's been a week filled with misogyny. Um, a lot of people wanted to rub women the wrong way this week. <laughs> May it wasn't looking good. Not much from the UK, but uh, quite a few things from the US. So we're going to be talking about B. Simone. She's an influencer and comedian, and she made she posted a video on Instagram regarding the idea of what a partner should bring to the table, noting women want needing to match what they're looking for in a man. Um, we're going to look into Boosie. He's a rapper calling out Laurie Harvey um, in regards to her uh, her assumed body count. So we're going to be talking about the misogyny in that. Uh, talking about the Britney Spears through Britney situation. As so, we'll we'll get into it. Oh, amazing! So let's let's talk about B. Simone. Have you guys heard the um, what she said on Instagram? Unfortunately, yes, I have heard it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I I took a look. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. Ned, take it away, babe. I know you've got some things to say. Yeah, I've got a lot to really get off my chest. Okay, so for me, I feel like, first of all, B. Simone, she is a comedian. So a lot of what she says, even though there's a lot of truth to it and there is a lot of tea that can be taken from it, she does a lot of things for the media, for comedic value, to gain virality, um, and so I think the words that she used, such as you're asking for a family man, but you haven't spoken to your mum in six months, that was done not really to trigger people, but to make people laugh. But by mm. doing that, you're undermining your point, which is very valid. Asking yourself the question, what do I bring to the table? But my thing is, a lot of the time, especially the females that I am around, we bring a lot times 10 to the table. Mm. More time, we are the table. So for her to kind of put the onus on the woman to ask the question, what do you bring to the table? When time and time again, women are always going for men that don't even provide half of what they're bringing to the table was yes, was, was not progressive at all. And I felt that she probably knows that, but just to kind of get, um, just to get virality, she wanted to go for the quickest, easy option, which is to basically target, you know, target females. It's so it's so much easier to target females in this day and age, especially on social media. Um, yeah. Number two, I feel like me personally, there's been two instances where the idea of what I bring to the table has been a question between me and a man. Literally last week, like around Valentine's Day, um, I had a guy that I've been, uh, what would you call it? Been in a, I guess, situationship. Right? Situationship. Yeah. An entanglement, an, an entanglement. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
it's an entanglement. Yeah. <laughs> um, for about three years now, probably even four, no, three years. We'll say three years. And we had a phone conversation that didn't go well. And he had the cheek to ask me, what do I bring to the table? <laughs> Cheeky. What brought that on? Because, uh, what, what brought it on? Um, because basically I told him, I'm really spilling my tea, but here we go. I told him that um, I didn't appreciate the fact that he was telling me that he was going on a date on Valentine's Day or some girl had patterned for them to have like whatever, whatever for Valentine's Day. I was like, can't lie, that shit hurt. Like, you know that, you know how I feel about you. So if you tell me that, even though I... I think you're probably chatting shit to probably get a rise out of me. Yeah, I, I don't appreciate it. And then he just went on a spiel saying, oh, he's looking for a life partner. Uh, what do I bring to the table? What? He literally asked me. It wasn't even a rhetorical question. He literally asked him, what do I bring to the table? And, you know, me, like, because I just did not expect him to ask that question. I generally just kind of, like, was just silent. Because in my head, I'm just like, I generally had to ask myself, wait, hold on, what the fuck? Like, what do I bring to the fucking table? And I went through a moment after I got off the phone where I literally just felt, I felt like shit. I was like, fuck. Like, I had to kind of like, obviously speak to my girl, Alexandra, who was, luckily, she was there to definitely pick me up. And she just had to remind myself, like, Nadine, like, you know what you bring to the table. Your friends know, your family knows what you bring to the table. He does not see what you bring to the table, and that's fine because you're gonna find a nigga that's gonna fuck, that's gonna see what you bring to the table, and then some. And I just had to be like, you know what? I don't need to itemize what the fuck I bring to the table because the fact that you're still here means that you know that I bring shit to the table. So I think you shouldn't have to yeah. exactly. So that's why I felt that what she said was kind of putting the onus on the woman when nine times out of ten. Mm. It's women that's always, we're always picking, we're always allowing men that do not bring that much to the table to come to our table in the hopes Mm -hmm. that they will elevate themselves to be, to to bring what I am bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. I let my nigga... You've heard that story time and time and time again. Exactly. Just sorry, to bring it home. I, another, one of my exes, my first ever boyfriend, he lived in my house for one year rent free. I believed in his business vision. I didn't have to see that he had money there. I just believed in his vision and I helped him do everything. Like I would be up at 3 a.m. in the morning make, taking calls from our Australian clients to close deals for him. I worked on, at his <sighs> in my little, small little bedroom to the point where we were able to afford an office to the point where I made this nigga under a million dollars within a year. Within what? a year. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what I got from that million dollars. You don't want to know. But just know that these niggas, they don't bring nothing to the table. Once they do get something from the table, they're going to teeth it from you. They're going to teeth Facts. it from you. Facts. What you've said is what many women go through. They do so much for a man or a guy, but then they get nothing back in return. But then we're asked, what do we bring to the table? <laughs> At this point, it, it doesn't make sense. Just given the stories that many women have, it doesn't make sense at all. Exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you know what it is for me as well? Like with this whole topic, like you girls know that I'm currently going through a situation. Ooh. And for me, it's like looking back, I was putting out so much work. Like my work rate in that relationship, I was working overtime. <laughs> with no like additional salary. Like I was really working over time. And now that I kind of look back and kind of like what Rihanna said, it's like, what is my return on investment? (laughs) 
at mm. this point, what is my return on investment? Because how I see it, if you're going to approach a relationship with the concept of what do I bring to the table, you're making this a business deal, sweetheart. Hundreds. Therefore, if you want to try and make it a business deal, you need to sign your name on that dotted line on that contract I need a and contract. put a ring on my... Yeah, I need a ring on my finger. So I'm meant to spill all my cards on the table without actually knowing what, what my return on investment is going to be. What, what, what am I getting back from that? Because exactly. how I see it is guys want a girl to come back with that and be like, okay, cool. Like I come from like a really good family. I went to this university. Mm-hmm. I went to three kids. I can cook this. I can cook that. I love to clean. I've got my driver license, ETC. And then when I say, oh, what do you bring to the table? All of a sudden it's like, yeah, I get my money in it. Like, oh. I've got you in it. <laughs> like I can, I can pattern you in it. So already we're not even speaking, like your business is not even already for me. So this is my thing for guys, yeah? If you want to start making your relationship into this transactional business thing, you need to be prepared to sign on the dotted line. Because moving forward for me, I'm keeping my cards close to my chest. Because I'm not going to be out here releasing all my energy, feeding you, fam. Like with my ex, and yes, I'm going to speak on my ex. And by the way, fuck you. Anyways. (laughs) When I'm talking to my ex now, when I'm talking to my <laughs> ex now, I taught you everything that you know, oh and God. you can never take that away from me. Do you get it? But learning from that experience, I brought so much to the table. I humbled you. I schooled you, my friend. I was your therapist. So where's my return on investment now? A thousand. I would love to know. Exactly. Yeah. That's just how I see it. And that's how I see it in general when it comes to relationships, when, when the relationships break down. From what I have seen, nine times out of ten, the woman is always left off emotionally, physically, and financially. We Word to Lani, fam. We, we saw that with Lani, fam. Let's Good. be honest now. Come on now, where's yeah. her 8K? Where is her 8K? That's it. Because he can give it. Like, at this stage, he can give it to her. But yeah, her, we're still here. We're still here. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, like you can't even pay off your debts. You can't even pay off your debts, but you're already asking what I bring to the table. How about you look back at all the girls that you've seen before me and look at what debts you've racked up. Like literally clear your debts and then we can talk about what I bring to the table because I know that you've got backdated fucking things that you said that you were going to bring to the table that you still haven't oh. brought to the table. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. You, you're backdated. Yeah. But one thing and the I- thing is we... Yeah, go on, Nadine. Sorry, I just wanted to, like, um, just add in. One thing that men don't realise that one that's, that my ex, he did realise, is the emotional support that women provide that is usually mm. never spoken of. Like, mm-hmm. women, we are literally the backbone, not just for the man, but for our household and for the original household that we came from. I'm the oldest, so I am the backbone of my family then the man that I choose to marry I'm going to be his backbone and then I'm going to be our kids backbone so for the moment our job is literally so unheard of because it's not big it's not loud it's not proud nobody is seeing you cry on my shoulder at 3am in the morning questioning (laughs) nobody is seeing that but we're going to see when you roll up in your new Mercedes and I enter they're going to see the Mercedes but they're not going to see how that Mercedes was bought they're not going (laughs) to see that and that is the issue with this thing of what do you bring to the table? Because what I bring to the table, you only see it at midnight, my love. You don't see it at nine to five. Period. You see it at midnight. Period. So we need to remember that that a lot of the work that women do is unseen, it's unaccounted for. Facts. Facts. 
And do you know what it is? Sorry, just to reach back off that is that my godmother actually spoke to my mum and my mum told her we were going to be having this conversation, you know? And she said like, so my godmother is a very, very interesting person. She's a very well-cultured person. She lived in Europe for a, a long period of time. She lived in Israel for a long period of time. So she's a well, <clears throat> sorry, cultured person. Mm. And her thing was, is our generation is so materialistic. Yep. You know, incredibly superficial. Exactly that. So for me, like, I feel like moving forward, and one thing as well, just to put that to the side, is with our generation, we have this thing where we have to have everything now, now. We have to have the business, we have to have the car, we need to have this and that, and a good credit score. And it's a lot of pressure. So for me, and like what my godmother said about us being a very materialistic age is. And kind of what we said on the last podcast really was doing that kind of internal housekeeping because you're not going to have the car. You're not going to have the career. You're not going to have all the money if your head isn't in the right place. Mm -hmm. So I feel like kind of like what I said on the first and you're going to see running themes with what I say, because I carry the same narrative through pretty much everything. Like I said in the previous podcast on allyship where we should start maybe turning it into service ship. When we talk about what we bring to the table, maybe we need to say is, how's your mental health, babe? (laughs) (laughs) This point, what's your mental health saying, bro? Like, I don't care about your money because do you know what it is? I think the how I see it is that especially when you go into a relationship without marriage, I don't have access to your bank account, my friend. Yeah. Like that's how I see it. We're not living in the same house. We're not splitting bills. So the first thing I need to know is what is your mental health saying? What does your mental health bring to the table? Uh Yeah. Does your mental health bring emotional stability? Does it bring being able to empathize with me? Mm -hmm. Does it bring you being a good listener to me? Mm -hmm. So your money, your car, here today, gone tomorrow. tomorrow. Your mental health, your brain is not leaving your head, my friend. Until you die. But your car can be repossessed tomorrow. Can't pay, we'll take it away. Colossus. True. The car's gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I feel like we should change, like I said, allyship to servership. I'm sure what you you should bring to the table to how is your mental mental health, health, my friend? 100. Period. That's how I see it. That's what I'm saying. No, 100%, because a man's mental, where their head is at, really dictates everything that comes out of them, what flows out of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I'm in a complete agreement. I agree. That, that, Are you in cahoots I, with I me? I fully agree with that. I'm in cahoots. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> at first, my story, I believe that, you know, she actually did have quite a point. Like, you, you can't be going above and beyond looking for this, this and that when you when you really don't have anything like what do you actually bring to the table which is a which is a saying that a lot of people like to say a lot Uh but looking into it a bit more it is quite reductive one main thing that she missed out was the fact that it will never be equal like that as Nadine has said Mm -hmm. women being the backbone and you know men being I guess what having that leadership role we're not looking we shouldn't we're not looking for the same things naturally so it is in like it's ingenuous to really get on to women for being like okay I want this this and this because it, it Essentially, when it comes to a, a couple, they bring different things to the table. Mm. So the table will never be matched. It will never be, 100%. I'm this, so you have to be that. I'm this, so you have to be that. I'm this. Obviously, there's the basics, but mm. in general, overall, we need to realise that there will be differences. People will bring different things to the table and we should leave room for human error because in the 100%, end, you know, we are humans. Going back, like traditional views. Obviously, women 100. look 
financial financial stability. Of course, they look for a man who is fit and is and is strong. That's just what it is. And if thinking traditionally, women obviously would they be able to care for, care for a family? You know, are they good with are they good with kids? Are they good with your with with other people around? Like that's that's what people look for. Maybe even maybe even someone who can who can cook or, or whatever. Like bring it back to the traditional because men don't always look for the same thing. And in this day and age, in twenty twenty one. It, it has become a bit of a level playing field, but we do need to remember that we don't always need to be equals. And I feel as though a lot of women are there and in certain relationships, a lot of women, as you said, Nadine, are there and build men up, build men up, build men up, build men up to get nothing in return. A hundred. And it's just not correct. And one thing I will add is that I actually used to be a beast Simone Stan. I bought her book, even though she... Oh, the, the book about with the plagiarism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually bought that book because I wanted to help her to get to her million dollars, okay? You uh, know I mean? you're, too, you're too nice, fam. <laughs> she did get there, though, boys. So. I know. The <laughs> dean was probably the one million. <laughs> I mean, it took me like one month to get that book. But anyway, we, we digress. My issue, like my main issue with her, especially is kind of going into what you said, Rihanna, is that she doesn't seem to feel that there's a need for her to develop her personality because I feel like her personality, not her personality, sorry, her character, her character has really stayed the same ever since the time she was doing my boyfriend, like that boyfriend stuff. Ugh. She has not really like, there's no sense of... Okay, so you now own a business. Now, where are we going with the self-development? Because that's the tip she's going on now with this whole, let's try and find love. The first thing we need to do is look in ourselves. Okay, so you as a human being, you as B. Simone, where are you, where's your reflection? Because whenever people actually mm. give some tea to you, for you to reflect, she bites back in the comment section. Like she actually, she, she actually um, tries to prove her point. Even no, though, she'll never learn. Like you always see, she's always yeah. backing up her own point mm. all the time. Like never really taking in what people are saying. I don't know never. if it's the way people are coming at her, because obviously they're coming at her with violence. But <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Maybe because, it's the message. I don't know. But she's not getting it. I think it's because she has a lot of yes people around her. Hundred. Like watching oh, her team. Yeah, watching her team on, like, when she does, like, vlogs, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, all of them are just oh, yeah. men, and they just kind of want to kind of make their money through her because they know people buy from B. Simone. So they'll, like, partner with her to make a lip gloss or partner with her to make a T-shirt or to even make, like, anti-back gel. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like she has a lot of people <laughs> that are yes people because they want to make money with her. And that's that. 100%. We digress. Yeah. We digress. We digress <laughs> <laughs> I love that saying oh thank you for that right all right um yeah so that that really is a difficult one honestly like and I'm glad that we got our points across with that I mean for anyone else that has a point on what B Simon has said or if you think differently please do get in touch and let us know that barely contra- controversial so in regards to the next topic uh do you guys know who Boosie is? Boosie Badass. <laughs> wipe yeah. me down, wipe me down. So that one. <laughs> oh my God. B-O-O-S-I-E-B-A-D-A-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-
I'm not gonna lie, he went hard with that one. I won't even lie. That is my wedding song. That is my opening wedding song, bro. Listen, the way I will dance. Where is is the wedding? (laughs) Atlanta? Mate. No, No. when they bring the same thing to the table, Nadine. Exactly. So he is a rapper and he's, I don't know how old, he's about 30, 40. And he made a comment on Laurie Harvey, who's currently with. What's his name? What's his name again? Michael, Michael B. B. Michael B. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So Laurie Harvey's an Instagram influencer. Michael B. Jordan, obviously, an actor. Uh, they're going out together, and Laurie has been linked with a few other people in the public eye. So there's P. Diddy, P. Diddy's son, oh. Future, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and whoever, like whoever else. And um, we've seen her out with. You know, a few people, that's fine. She's young, she's dating, she's 24. It is where it is. So he's basically called her out for having a presumably high body count based on who she's been seen with. And she isn't uh, worthy enough to be claimed. Um, so <coughs> uh, essentially also calling out Michael B. Jordan as well. Like basically, why would you claim Laurie who's been linked to this person, this person, this person, this person? Very misogynistic. Can I start this one? Please start, on please. Head, I beg. <laughs> boozy. Boozy, babe. You have eight <laughs> children to six different women, though. Please. Oh, God. How clearly, <laughs> clearly, my thing is going to have to be at this point looking introspectively. Yeah. Yes. Because make it make sense. I don't really know where Boozy is coming from. It's like, are you speaking from a place of just being very insecure that you're not relevant enough to be a notch on Laurie Harvey's bedpost because at this point mind your business mind the business that pays you you have eight children and six babies mothers that should be your main concern not a how old is Laurie 22 23 Laurie's like uh, 24 I think 24 years old imagine a grown ass man with eight children six babies mothers and all you can speak about is a 24 year old girl yeah boozy baby Based on assumption as well. Nothing wrong with it, but based on assumption, he doesn't know a thing. He doesn't know anything at all. Not anything at all. He knows as much as we do. He's just coming off of who she's seen with, who the paparazzi photograph her with. You don't actually know her body count. You're not in her vagina. So why why are you discussing it? And do you know what it is for me and why I kind of feel like it's a little bit of internalised insecurity is boozy. Even if you were... I wouldn't say he's not a relevant figure. Like, he's done his thing, whatever, in the hip-hop rap, whatever the hell you want to call it. But, like, I feel like no cap boozed, but, like... If you were like 24, 25, 26, like of our generation, you would have been in Laurie Harvey's DMs too, sweetheart. Long time. Long time. Oh, From time. He'd probably be in the requested with all the spam, uh, spams in the box, yeah. all the bot accounts from Russia. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. Like, and this for me is just very creepy because I feel like a man that is so obsessed with like a woman's body count and her ownership of her sexuality and her freeness and being able to openly date who she wants and have a good time. That to me, you just sound jealous. Like, it's just weird to me. Like, it just sounds very jealous to me. It's bad though because he also said he'd never marry a woman like that. He'd still sleep with her though. Oh, that's he says, I just want a beautiful, good girl. That's what he says. But you don't have one. You have six babies, mothers, booze. <laughs> He's not even good. Who would want to marry him? Like, he just like, sounds like someone who's very unsettled in his relationship. 
just, and I feel like he's just projecting. It just gives me very projection energy. At your big age, booze, I'm sorry, you don't need to be speaking on a 24 year old girl. Yeah. I just don't get it. And it's also talking about if you're, if you're cool with that, then what about your daughter doing that? Like if you're cool with that, then you'd want your daughter to do that. What, what is the daughter? You know, this Rory is, is not our daughter. Like this is not our job. This is not our job. Boozy, this is not your job. This is one thing, it's right? Not. There's, yeah. for me, it's definitely twofold, yeah? Because me, for me, once you reach 18, you are now an adult. So this tie that people hold on to you as, you are somebody's daughter, is very much redundant. <laughs> I'm good. It's, it's very much redundant because now I'm not just somebody's daughter. That's not the only title I have. I am a Thank woman you. or I am a man. I am a man, rather. So that is my title. So we need to remove this rhetoric that I even used to use. And I know my mother uses an, our older generation and that's where he is from, the older generation. Mm. They use this rhetoric of, would you want your daughter to do this? Or would I want my daughter? I would never let my daughter do this. Stop it. We are 18. We are adults. That's number one. Number two, the reason why I can understand where he's coming from, but he was, it was just not his place to speak Mm. on it, is that if we look at what is praised and what is idolized and then what is actually denounced by the black community, whether it's in America or the UK, we do do this thing where we praise a bad bitch, which to me is twofold. You can praise a bad bitch that can do whatever the fuck she wants and doesn't give a fuck, but then praising a bad bitch that has multiple sexual partners, I do question it just because for my personal beliefs, I don't think I need to fuck a lot of men to have a good time. So this idea of adding, having sex with XYZ to have a good time, I personally don't believe in it. But then this idea of she is being tossed around, I also don't agree with it because from what I am seeing, this bitch is not being tossed around. She's choosing the men that enters her bed. And she's using top 10 niggas to enter her bed. So so this idea of uh, she's being tossed around by the team, no, she's not. (laughs) No, she's not. Because I'm sure these niggas... She's being a young girl dating. She's doing She's in the industry. So she's going to date industry. Me personally, I wouldn't wouldn't date industry just because it is messy, i.e. what we have now. But... It's her choice. These are her colleagues. This is where she, she's around the party. Basically, the, her, basically, to link it back to B. Simone, the tables are very tabling. <laughs> the tables, tables are, are tabling. tabling. She wants yeah. niggas that are really going to bring a lot to the table, as she should, because she also brings a lot to the table. Her name is a table. She's becoming her own brand. Mm-hmm. She get it? Mm-hmm. So she needs someone that has that same energy and higher. And for me, I personally want my husband to be a lot higher than me. I want to shake, Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I also just spoiled. to add in, yeah, like just to add in, I don't know if you guys remember, but I think it was around actually earlier last year. Wait, 2020. Yeah, last year. I don't know if you guys remember that Boozy openly admitted that he had hired a prostitute to give oral sex to his sons. Does anyone remember that? What? I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what it is (laughs) for me? Like when we look at it, listen, I'm not a therapist, bro, but I've seen some crazy shit and I can put two (laughs) and two together, but by no means am I an accredited therapist. I wish I was. Now what that says to me is, and yes, can we use allegedly? So we don't get like sued. Definitely. Allegedly. So, 
conspiratively in my mind, what that looks like to me is a man that is th- definitely threatened by the power of a woman. And the reason that I say that is I don't know what Boozy has been through in his past, but it's definitely now very telling now that we're linking in that story from earlier last year, that there's definitely this misalignment in how Boozy views women, what their function is and how they should be used. Now, if Boozy thinks that it is acceptable to acquire a sex worker to give oral sex to his underage sons, that is very, very telling to me as to how he's already instilling in his sons what women's worth is and that ultimately men have control over women and especially over their sexuality yeah i remember when um one guy he told me that his body count was um i think or something like over 30 and I said to him, mm-hmm. if my body count was near that amount, what would you say? He was like, we wouldn't even be having a conversation. So, <laughs> what? So you're allowed to do what the hell you want, but a woman cannot do the exact same thing that you were doing, which is just enjoying herself. So for me, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with it. It's very much double standard. It's very much misogyny. It's, it's giving all of that, and I just, I that's something I just, I don't, I, yeah. I like I said, I don't believe in having to have several partners or having sex with several partners to have a good time. I don't personally believe in that. But women are allowed to do that the same way men are allowed to do that, and that's on that. I believe so too. To be honest, especially where we've reached a time where that can be done and no one should be complaining about it. Like we shouldn't still be hearing comments like this from people like Boosie. We really shouldn't. Especially from Boosie, like what? Like it's got to the point where it's like that's Boosie and B Simone, like like the the wrong messengers, fam. Like it's always the wrong messages that are there squawking the loudest. Like you're throwing stones in what's it called? In glass houses. Glass houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're throwing stones in glass houses. You should have just kept your mouth shut. No one cares. Hundred percent. And yeah, it's just it's just really annoying to see that we're we're really still here. To be honest. But the thing is, but, I don't think we should say that we're still here because look at who is saying it. It's Boosie. He he's still mm. in 2010. I've heard this before though. Like <laughs> 2010. <laughs> I've heard what? many of Boosie say say things like this before, and so many people I know they still have this thought process in their mind, and it needs to stop. It's it's dated. It's too like no. I'm not like women can have fun. Women can date freely. You don't need to assume their body count. Like it's like it's okay. Women have been accepting men's body count for time. It's it's time that we receive that same grace. To be honest, yeah. Well, you know what it is for me as well. Like, sorry to cut you guys off, but. I remember having a conversation with someone and he was like, oh, like my girl needs to have only had sex with like three people and this and that and this. And it's like, my friend, you do know the same virgin or the same girl that's only had sex with maybe three or whatever your threshold is can still literally ruin your life. You know this, yeah? So the same girl that is a virgin or only had sex with one, two, three, four, let's say five max people can still steal all your money and run away. Uh-huh. This, this woman can still create rifts between your family dynamic. This woman can still break you down into nothing. Yeah. And all because you were focused. Yeah, all because you're focused on a number. You've let a number define your relationship to protect your ego and conserve your insecurity. 
So when all of that comes tumbling down now, you're going to be thinking, do you know what? Fuck the number. <laughs> exactly. Literally. Yeah. I think that's, that's the case though. When, when people get to a certain age, that's where it is. Mm. Like it, it means I mean, it means less as you get older. I yeah, guess. no, it does because and again, another guy that I spoke to, I've known him for about three years. I met him when I was in Croatia, and when I first met him like three years ago, he was like, yeah, it was very important for him, like the amount of people that his women slept with. Like she could, he couldn't deal with somebody that slept with more than like, uh, I think he said more than ten people. Mm. I said to him, but you're twenty seven. Like, don't make sense. Anyways. Um, we're now speaking, I think just last month, and we're just kind of having like a talk about like sex, our sexuality, all of that. And um, that's what he says, you know what, as I, as I grew older, I came out of that thought process. It doesn't actually matter how many people they've slept with. It doesn't even, because it doesn't take or add anything to their character. And I said, mm. I'm very happy that you've come to that conclusion because I don't know why in society we have this idea. I mean, I know why, because of, you know, because of how women, well, virgins have been the epitome of purity. Of purity. When yes. it's like, what does purity even mean? Is it purity of Facts. the soul? Is it purity of the mm. mind? Is it purity? What, what, what are we talking about when we say purity? And for me, we've got a big word. It's a very big it's a word. Very big word. And to align that with whether somebody's had sex or not, in this 21st century, you're, it's very archaic. We need to move on. Just because you find a babe who's never had sex before, does that mean that that babe is going to treat you this? Is going to treat you well? She, she, she may not treat mm-hmm. you well. She may not even give a fuck about you. Like as Andrea has said. Obviously, we've spoken a lot about sexual liberation and women empowerment and taking hold of your sexuality. Now, I feel like maybe the conversation has definitely kind of gone more to the side of if you want to have sex with multiple partners, and that's a decision that is yours as long as you're completely safe about it. Safety is a massive thing. Yeah. But also for the women that do choose to stay either celibate or abstinent or okay prefer to stay virgin, that's okay too. Do it for you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Not for men. Do it for, for you. Don't well, ever it. feel pressured like you have to do anything you don't want to do. Don't ever feel pressured that your virginity is sacred for, for if it's sacred for God, fine. If that's your belief system, but always know you are in full autonomy of that fact. Exactly. And it shouldn't be for exactly. anything else apart from either you or God, if that is the path that you follow, or just for you and yourself and protecting your peace and how you feel about yourself as an individual and how that works with your lifestyle. That's all oh, I have 100%. 100%. That's a really great round off, Alex, honestly. Okay. And now on to our last topic. Um, so we have Britney Spears and the situation with the conservatorship. Have you guys heard about that? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So free Britney, hashtag free Britney has succeeded. Um, Britney, exactly. We we honestly have to see. It's been a long time coming, honestly. Yeah. So I'm really glad Absolutely. that she's won that. So with that, um, a conservatorship, it's basically her estate. So her for a long time, for about 12 years, her father and a an attorney, they co-owned her Britney's whole estate. They took over her $60 million fortune. They restricted Britney Spears' visitors. And they also um, communicated with Britney Spears' doctors about Britney Spears' treatment. So they had control over all of her assets. um, And they've done that for the past 
12 years. Now, at one point, um, the attorney who had the other half of her estate, he did say that, you know, Britney Spears seems capable enough to take on her own assets. So therefore he dropped out of the conservatorship. Her father has remained and Britney later on has now taken back the second half of that. So she now has control over half of her assets. Essentially, she should have control over it all, uh-huh. but she has one back half and it has been a long time coming and we honestly do love to see it. Uh, what do you guys think about what's gone on there and her not owning that up until now? Um, for me, just want to start off with this one is, you know, I love people taking accountability is if you now feel sorry for Britney Spears if you have ever purchased any merch or any products or shared any memes to the effect of if you think your life is bad remember Britney in 2008 you should be incredibly ashamed of yourself now I think we've all seen different merchandise websites and different e-commerce websites share and sell um, products that have the image of Britney when she shaved her head um And I just want to preface just with saying that if you have ever shared one of those images or if you have ever purchased any of those merchandises, then you should be incredibly ashamed of yourself. Um, And I think a lot of people need to take accountability for that fact. Now, I kind of appreciate people that maybe didn't fully understand, you know, the concept of a mental breakdown or a concept of mental health to that extent. But I think if you're a normal human being with some kind of rationality, you could have probably seen that situation and said, something about that is not quite right. 100%. And sorry, I just want to quickly add, somebody that has, uh, in 2019, I had my own mental breakdown. And one of the hardest, hardest pills to swallow as somebody going through a mental breakdown is the feeling of not being understood. Because... Mm. People do not know how to recognize what a mental breakdown is. Therefore, I had, you know, I'll I'll call it out. I had my dad saying that, oh, she's trying to get attention. I had my sisters saying that I was crazy and they should put me into a mental home. I, the only person that really had my back was my mom. So shout out my mom. But even she at some time, you know, had almost given up because she just did not know how to deal with it. So Mm. this idea of shaming someone because they are having a mental breakdown, shaming someone when they don't even have the mental capacity to send up to themselves to people that are making fun of their breakdown is horrific. And in this age of 2020 mental health, it's just, to me, that's why I laugh so hard at, you know, so many of these influencers that go on this tip of your mental health is very important. I, oh my god be nice be kind okay okay. Yeah, okay exactly like this rhetoric of be kind and be nice it to me it's like it's almost forcing something that it should be second nature to most human beings oh so, yeah 100 to me it just shows the ass of the human race that we are naturally not nice and not kind people and then we period can, we will put people down at their lowest point because apparently it makes us feel good about themselves. So okay. on top of that, yeah, everybody should be ashamed of themselves. For anybody that takes the piss out of anybody that's having a mental breakdown, be ashamed. For anybody that feels misunderstood about their mental health, I understand you and I hear you and our DMs are open if you ever want to speak to anybody. Oh, a thousand. Absolutely. Another thing that a lot of people have said as well, which I completely agree with is, how can someone be so 
in depth mentally that they can't control half their estate. They can't control their finances, that you can host a show in Vegas. Yeah. That's a lot of work. That's the thing. Like like the attorney who had that, that other half of her conservatorship previously with her father said that she seemed mentally capable now and capable Mm. of taking back her conservatorship. So it's a shame that she still had to battle after notably being capable. Exactly. And it's like, didn't her dad, I remember, I think it was you, Alexandra, that told me that her dad also booked her for, um, what was it called? Pop Idol or X Factor USA? Uh, American Idol, I think. That's it, American Idol, and just told her afterwards, oh yeah, I've booked you for X Factor. I mean, I've I've booked you for American Idol. If she's incapable of looking after her kids, of looking after her estate, how is she capable of mentoring a person she's never known? How? Yeah. Yeah. How? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So to me, it clearly looks like a money grab. They were trying to exploit her as much as they could. And that's if we tie this into general misogyny within the entertainment industry, she is a perfect, perfect example that women, even me, when I started in the game, we are seen as commodities. Again, like when we look at Britney Spears, we need to look at the whole kind of picture here. We can't just look at it, you know, from the day that that conservatorship was signed, but obviously up until now where it's been split. But I feel like we need to place a lot of emphasis on that kind of grooming period. Because I feel like when we undo the grooming period, it then undoes and eradicates what happens post that fact. So when we look at like very young celebrities coming up in the game, we need to be talking about safeguarding. We need to be like, where are the parents who's taking accountability, you know, especially with the age of like YouTube and TikTok, especially there's a lot of young girls that are coming up the game with TikTok and then like the influence of like OnlyFans, for example. It's like... Yeah. Where do we go from here? We can't, I don't, like I said, I don't want to make an example out of Britney Spears because she is a human being. She's not a case study, mm. but we need to start really looking at a lot of the patterns and behavior of our social media age mm-hmm. and think, what do we need to change to avoid another Britney Spears happening? 100%. That's just my thing. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. That's a beautiful point. It really is. And I feel like as as an age, we have definitely become more aware of mental health as we've as we've seen. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> obviously, we're like in terms know. of like the people that are doing be kind and, and whatever, like <laughs> you know, we're we're not we're not talking about the ones who just say things and then go ahead and like drag people through the mud when they're down. <laughs> not those. Obviously the people that are more aware because in, in terms of mental health, people have become more aware of mental health as a whole, but also mental health within themselves. Mm. Uh, you know, there's low there's so many resources um that, that people have. Like they know where to go now. They know who to talk to, they know how to get help like so many people are always offering their advice and their resources and their information and that's the thing that I see a lot nowadays on social media so I I do appreciate the the more you know the more careful age that we're in 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 regards to that but yeah a lot of a lot of performances happening just like the first episode in terms of allyship but yeah it's just no it's knowing that difference and people actually keeping up that that kindness that they speak of yeah so 
those were the those were the three B's of today. B Simone, Boosie, and Brittany. I really hope that um you guys enjoy this episode too, honestly. And please do join the conversation. Like follow us on Twitter, um, barely pod, follow us on Instagram, barely controversial. Like we want to know what you guys are thinking. We want to know you guys' points of views on this situation. We want to keep the conversation going because they need to be hacked. So yeah, how do you guys feel today? When when? when? <sighs> this is exhausting. Like it's so exhausting to me. Yeah, it's just very exhausting. It's exhausting to talk about, really, because it's oh, it's unbelievable that we're still here. And we we still need to speak the sense into men and and other women. <clears throat> Clearly, <laughs> pick me. I feel like I'm in that same period where we were fighting just to vote, fam. That's how I feel. You got a suffragette? Yeah, fam. (laughs) 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 Every day fight. Every day, like, I have to either knock on someone's door, I've got to fight, I've got to be heard. I can't just chill with my wine. Ah, can't do it. I know. You can't be oppressed in peace and you can't just chill, Nadine. You know, I can't be oppressed in peace, fam. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nadine, it's your turn next time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. I wonder what we're going to talk about. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. God. like you don't even know, like, what your role is. Mate, I'm, I'm looking forward to what we speak about next week. Honestly, Why? we'll see what comes out in the media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look <laughs> forward to it. No, I feel, like, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of American news that came out, so I do hope that we can bring it home. I know. Speak on, like, Let's bring it home. home. Back to the UK. Yeah, let's bring it back to you. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do that. That's perfect. All right then, ladies. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. This has been the Barely Controversial Podcast. That was incorrect. (laughs) Barely Controversial Podcast. Signing out. Bye. Bye. Bye.